Fine. Okay, anything no spoilers stupid you want to say before I start? Yeah, it's oh. Kevin. He's talking to you. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. back everybody it's indie comic book noise hey episode 539 that's a pretty big number today it's just the three of us i mean not just the three of us but sadly super steve is unavailable we hope you, to you lure him back soon very predictable super steve the three of us and me andrew the la rabbit in the united states of america and then two of our friends from canada or canada adjacent WWX Kev from the Arctic Circle. Say hi, Kev. I don't like where you're heading with that. And in the nation's capital, the Ottawa Otter, Phil. Say hi, Phil. Hello. As you heard at the beginning of the show, we do have possibly strong language or strong content. But I say you're probably not going to be upset because we're pretty mellow. Sometimes Kevin contradicts me. Uh, Did I use this one already? Skipping your... $4.99 Four ninety nine, for six ninety nine or seven ninety nine is kind of ridiculous. I don't think that's controversial. That's my statement. But oh, okay. And I'm a guy buying some pretty crazy books. Uh, you can find too many numbers for me. Find uh, show notes and old episodes at our website, indiecombooknoise.com, or wherever you listen to fine podcasts. But I do try and put links to stuff in it and make it fun for the whole family. Sometimes Kevin edits it around, but. That's okay. Sometimes he has to I have his to fun, too. Things around. We're part of the Deliberate Noise Network, which is a great collection of shows. Check them out. Thanks to Derek Cowart, the big boss. He always makes everything run on time. We wouldn't have a show or a network or anything without him. You can find the show on social media, Facebook fan page, and Twitter. Some of the hosts are on Twitter. Some of the hosts are on Blue Sky and Mastodon. One of the hosts is on Mastodon. Which I hear is the uh, best service. (laughs) There's still one guy out there still touting Mastodon. Hey, I'm still on. I'm on both Mastodon and Blue Sky. This is too many men. It's too many. But those are the, I'm not on Facebook or Instagram or any of that. So that's, I got to get it all out of those two, Phil. You're not on Twitter because you did something awful. We don't know what yet still. Yeah. (laughs) You did something crazy. We know it. I want them to tell me what I did. (laughs) But that appeal has gone unanswered. So I don't think I'm ever going to find out what I did that got me kicked off of Twitter. What did gentle, sweet Andrew say that was so bad? I I I don't know. know. It's sort of like the the Facebook appeals. You never hear back. And they're just like, you know that picture of a coolometer? They're like, that wasn't a coolometer. And I, I, look. If you only know me from the show, you're probably like, I could see Andy being a little salty, but no. online, <laughs> online, I'm very tame. I'm very like, hope everyone's having a good day and yay comics. And I have no clue what, you know, funny photos of toys or comics or 
just yeah. dumb jokes. I, I it is it will be a mystery. But man, what are you gonna do? You made that joke about that Hasbro GI Joe figure, and that was it. Yeah, I yeah, think I when I swapped Cap's head on, no, someone's, yeah, the GI Joe guy's figure onto the little Cap body. I think that might have done it. <laughs> oh, he does that, maybe. Big toys, uh, Marvel, big toys. Marvel, Disney taking you down. Hasbro was like, "We, well, you're not messing with our bread and butter, young man. Stop him, stop him now, Twitter." But anyways, you're talking about dumb social media. We're here. This is just going to be one of our relaxed series. Kevin pointed out that I kind of uh, submarined our Summer Breeze series, but I might bring it back for this one. It just sometimes I find something kind of goofy and I throw it in at the end. Oh, okay. Like uh, the episode previous to this one. You know, if I find something that fits, but we will be Summer Breezing our way. Um, I'm glad you didn't submariner the series. We unfortunately we're gonna have to do point fives for the next few episodes too. Oh no! It's that time of the season. <laughs> time to bring back that. the point five. Yeah, we have to do a few because it's tradition. Well, what it about weird. we do the double zero instead? Except it's now the only problem is Phil. I don't know how many episodes we did because of all. <laughs> it's true. Our numbering is kind of well. Our numbering before was a little bit silly, anyway. I mean, just like comic book numbering, I would say. Yeah, but I don't think I have a lot of hot news on the pipe, but I'll give the boys a chance to say anything about uh, the news front. Distillery launched, sort of. Oh, that's right. But they had their uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con launch, too. Yeah, I guess is that so. A, is that a comic company, a new one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's wine and comics? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, they, I went they're... to pick up my comics today, and uh, yeah, that was uh, a really big, oversized issue. Not just in pages, but it was big. Hey, nothing wrong with big comics. I don't know. Big comics for when big you boys. change the size, some people are like that doesn't fit into a box. Me, I don't like big size because I find I don't like the art as much when it's enlarged. That seems oh, like it's I an artist it. problem. If you should like well, it more. I think well, I th- me, I think it might be you know the ones where they take the comic and then they enlarge it after, like the absolutes maybe or something. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember they when they did something like that to like Jim Lee trading cards, like those were at small mm-hmm. size and then they blew them up and it was like it was yeah. like losing just, resolution or something. It's like I, I didn't want to see that detail. Like smaller, that wasn't made yeah. for that size. I thought you meant big as an extra page count. It was extra page count, but it was also bigger. So you mean to say oversized, though? That's why he was confused. It was like, um, maybe it's more like the size of those black label, not an imprint Mm -hmm. uh, books from DC. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I think I do know something we do have on the news front, and that is a con report from a con man. Oh, yes. Con man has returned. Yes, I'm very excited to hear. I do like hearing about shows, and this is a big one. Uh, the biggest, I believe. Like, I don't know what... The biggest? Bigger than Angle Moo or that one in Tokyo? I I'm, I should specify in Canada because, you know, but the, yeah, the ones, the, some of the ones in Japan just absolutely uh, clobber some of our shows. And the shows are so different there. 
Yeah, here in L.A. over the 4th of July weekend, Anime Expo is a really big, huge, you know, 100,000 plus people. Crazy. I mean, I mean just jamming that many people together is a lot. <laughs> there's definitely a big uh, anime uh, influence to uh, to this show as well. Like, I feel like they had different sections before. Like, they had a horror section. It's been, like, completely wiped out. Oh, yeah. See, that's why, like, when I was going, it, the horror section was getting smaller and smaller, and yeah. it was making me sad. And I and yeah. right where the horror section used to be, it's, like, tattoo artists this year. Uh, Wait, oh, give us the name of the show, Kevin. Oh, Fan Expo Canada. Fan Expo Canada. And what were the dates of this show? August 24th till 27th. And did you go all the days or just one or two? I did all the days. And I was foolish. Ooh, I, I went the same day as the first day of the con. So it's like you like rush there and then you rush to the con pretty much. Like if you go a day earlier, like it's all relaxed. You can pick up your tickets a day ahead of time. And are they still doing the barcode ticket stuff or have they given that up like a lot of other places have given it up? No, it's a huge show, so they still do the barcode. And unlike your shows, they they do the individual scanning thing. Like when you when you leave and when you enter, they have someone with like like um, a tablet scanning you in. That sounds like a labor intensive solution. Uh, yeah, it gets a little slow at the door when, but everyone doesn't have um, like I I'm I'm not. Like, I guess they always say, oh, you must do this, you must do that. But it's like if if you were never coming back, it's like you don't technically have to. Like, there's, there's ways you can get around it as opposed to what their signs say. Like, on the last day, they were still scanning people out in, like, the last hour. And then one, <laughs> one of the employees... I'm like, should you be saying that? Because he's like, if you're not coming back, don't scan out. So they probably still think I'm in the building right now. <laughs> the ghost of uh, Fan Expo past. Yes. But yeah, they're still doing that uh, type of thing. But I don't feel like there's a lot of problems with... Um... I mean, I'm not there when the, when the crush of people come into the building. Like, I always get in two hours earlier with, like, if you buy the, the the daily passes or some of the lower down passes, you only uh, get in at four. But you can get and in two hours earlier. And line up, too. Plus, you get a, your own entrance, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's little things you can do. And there's always choke points in the in the con where it gets smaller if the panel room's let out. Or everyone's trying to leave the show at the same time. So I, I always like, if it gets really bad, you go around the pillar. And then you choose the stairs and you beat the escalators every time. Yeah, you also have to plan your meals carefully. You know, I don't know if they got food trucks or whatever. But you go out at traditional lunchtime and whew, long lines for that uh, convention food. Oh, yeah. Those, those food carts I... inside the... It's better to go really outside bad. the convention for food. That's what I always found. Like, yeah, you don't want to be buying a ten dollar salad or something. No. I got in there, 
Thursday still not that busy. Saturday is still the busiest day. Like I would say Saturday is the busiest, then probably Friday, then Sunday, then Thursday. Hmm, interesting. I can see that though. Were there big deals on Sunday? Were you holding off on purchases to get those? Hey, you don't want to take that crap back home with you. Sell me all the rack of AF-15s for a dollar. I mean, people always say that as their tips for cons, but I never really find that to be that true. And then there's always people that are like, well, you you, you better buy on Thursday the things you want because it won't be there. And I'm like, that's kind of the case. Like, it doesn't follow the, hey, buy all the stuff you want on Sunday when it's cheap. I'm like, it's gone. Because I always wonder, I... since it's expensive to ex like exhibit there, I'm like, there's this... Like, I don't ever see, usually see anyone getting wiped out of stuff. But there was one place I bought at, and I'm like, he has a lot of cheap stuff, and then wall books. And then you come by Saturday, and it's like down to two boxes from like 10 or 20 boxes. And I was like, how? <laughs> like, did a vendor come by and like wipe them out? Like, I was, I was just really surprised because... I mean, you see stuff selling, and some places even set up a thing where they don't replace their inventory. They would rather put sold signs up in empty slots. But I was just like, wow, that was a lot of stuff. Like, if you could sell almost everything, you could probably make your, your table cost back just on selling those cheapies. But I'm like, it just seems rare that you'd be able to sell that much of everything. Well, I was then. I was figure those are the guys that underpriced, and I wonder if they actually regret it by like the second day, or if they're like, "Man, I sold a lot of books. I probably should have charged more for it." I I've seen that before, where it's like Thursday you go there, it's like three dollars, and then more people come in there, they sell more, and then they're like, "Oh, they start putting up their price through the weekend." Did you get a good deal on one, like? Uh... Is I there think one so. You like, happy to you, get? you see some retailers selling, like you see, like you want to, you don't want to pass anything up that's awesome, but you also want to see the whole show and the like both buildings, because there was one, there was one thing there I know it was like fifteen dollars, like almost everywhere, but then there was this one guy with his giant stack of stack of them, and it was like ten dollars, so it's like yeah, it's like. That that uh, that was the place you wanted to go if you were looking. Well, for I meant something. like, what's the what's the like something you bought? Like, what's your favorite thing that you got? I guess like probably comic. the art I bought this time. Oh, okay. Because it was I I uh, every year I go see Michael Walsh. I don't know, chat some yeah. comics and uh, mm -hmm. see what's going on. And then uh, I I I was pretty much set to buy some of his bargain bin like Modoc. Secret Avengers pages, something like that. Well, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I just thought, oh, I'll take a look through um, his portfolios. So I get to the second one, which has the, you know, the regular pages, the ones he's selling for a regular price, or so I thought, because I get to this awesome Bloodshot cover that he did, and he's like, ah. That's been here a while. I should reprice this. And then other people come by and we're just all talking at the same time and looking at that cover. And then like the, like it's it's out of my price range. 
but he's like working on like repricing it getting ready to write something down and i'm like i wonder what he's gonna reprice it at and wouldn't you know it the price is right into my range <laughs> nice so i'm like well that's pretty good and then i flip a few more pages and then he has like another loose page and it's like a rye rejected cover because he thought oh this isn't good enough so he shows me on his phone like the actual cover that was published and then the one he rejected and he was like actually i, I like this rejected one now <laughs> so he had put like some zip tone type of stuff like it was an actual tone like i know something yeah, i don't think zip tone's been in business for <laughs> maybe they're still around but i thought well, they went out of business like i i remember watching some of the um when Ed Piscor went to Japan and he had found a store with all these textures and tones and all these different things that he could use. So I, it was just funny that that he would buy all that and then bring it over here. Where it's like people nowadays, like they'll just sort of like find like that that thing and then like add it after <laughs> or find other ways to like recreate it rather than you know like there's a lot of different things you can do nowadays rather than you can just recreate some of these textures or styles different ways so that so that was funny i said well how much is is this rye rejected cover then and then he gave me a price for that and i'm like that is really good I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> and I was planning to buy this, all these things from him. And then, so then he just, he was like, you're here every year. So then he gave me a deal on like a whole package there of, of stuff. So I was like, yes. Wow. That is great. And I know. So like that was my biggest nice. purchase. <laughs> I would, I, uh, those, uh, yeah. Anytime you can get a comic book cover, that's a big deal mm -hmm. for, for me anyway. Yeah, it's I'm nice. not an original art yeah. guy. So it's, it's like nice I got that he two remembers covers. you too. Yeah, and then like the bloodshot is is like full color, and I think I think it was acrylic, I believe. And then um, the rise of black and white type of deal, but I'm like that's kind of cool. So that was kind of the big thing. And then uh, the other thing I got that day was uh, Jolt from the Thunderwolves. Uh, wrong podcast, buddy. I, I knew uh... whatever podcast this was going to be on. I'm like, there was going to be some crossover. <laughs> Sorry. Cut, so cut is this there, out, uh, Andrew. Is there, uh, was a commission or a page or what was it? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I got a few comments of Jolt. Haven't heard that name in a while. So <laughs> I hope I'm not mispronouncing the name, but he worked on that Hawkeye um, Kate Bishop series. I think it was uh, Aned uh, Ballum. So, you yeah, said, give, I, give me a give me a jolt. <laughs> or was this for one of your uh, sketch jams? Type no, thing no. I thought of starting another one with Thunderbolts, or I thought of like cutting up, like getting a bunch of sketch cards and then sort of putting them all together onto a jam to make it easier. Because it's just a, a pain to carry around like that whole full size page. I like your I like your jams. I like that though. Yeah, I feel I like it should, I feel like they should I... draw on the same page with someone else because I feel like they'll like seeing that too, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's sort of like a sketchbook flip through. Yeah. So yeah, I I I was like, yeah, I'm looking for either a Jolt or a Fixer Techno, but I but I, I had reference, so I showed them all the mm-hmm. comics I had. Are you like the first person to ever ask for a Jolt? You think? I think so. I think like so. ever. I think so. Because it's that that's I wouldn't say that's getting obscure, but between all those members, like. I, I think that's lower down on the list. And I have more Baron Zemos or Citizen V than anything. Well, especially because they, they don't seem to really use her as much as the other, for a company that reuses everything. And it's not like you mm-hmm. never see her, but I do feel like she doesn't get the uh, page time no. that some of the other team does. Yeah, like her first appearance isn't a dollar book anymore, but I think that's just part of like how long it's been and speculation. So yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I was able to get that. So that that was that was the big things of the show. I mean, I I bought some comics and and stuff like that. And then part of the thing is just walking around and experiencing the thing. Like they had like that mega cat diner and it was all these like little cats or people as cats and cakes. <laughs> Of course, he would love that. Oh I know. <laughs> it was great. Are you I went sure back you were? Are you times. sure something? I think someone slipped something in your drink, and you were just hallucinating your wildest dreams. <laughs> but it, it was it was so weird. Like they had these like specialized Japanese. Like they they usually have like some places where you can buy these little figures for like twenty dollars. And I'm like, I can't believe like something that would come out of the vending machine. You would imagine is like oh, okay, yeah. like twenty dollars, but. Some of these places were like really specific. It's like, well, if you want to buy this miniature house that has working parts and little people or cats go into it, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was a, like, I wouldn't really say that the celebrity Hollywood thing was really impacted that much by, uh, by the strike, even though they're like, oh. They specifically mentioned fan expos for promoting work, like mm-hmm. like actors still can be there and sign stuff. They're just not promoing like like anything they'd be on. Yeah. So like some of them canceled their panels, but as far as I know, the other panels still were still went on. So they like they still had a big big area on the in the one building there. So for like TVs and movies or or places like amazon prime but it was like photo op or like activation things so i was just imagining a con where it's just all activations and getting photos i'm like well that could be cool and interesting that would be like so corporate and i don't i don't be like i don't know about if you get too many of those in your show like i would rather have like a video game company be there or like we like there used to be like the EB Games GameStop, they yeah. had a giant booth before and they weren't yeah. there. So it's like, instead it was like Amazon Prime. And I was like, that doesn't do anything for me. I don't mind. Like the photo ops can be fun. I just want them put in a one part of the hall. So it's not kind of clogging up foot traffic, so to speak. You know what I mean? I like those yeah. for like cosplayers or whatever. They'll just put them in the corner or something and they'll be like, oh, if you want to check it out, you they have wider rows or whatever. Cause you know, you don't want people staging elaborate photo shoots in the middle of the walkthrough. 
I think they did that. Like, all the corporate stuff was sort of towards the back in the corner. And then they had, um, like, a video game. I don't know if it was a challenge sometimes or, like, um, competition. But that was, like, off to the side, almost beside the food court, too. But whenever I saw what was going on, it was, like, Rocket League or something. And I'm like, maybe if it was Smash Brothers or something more more exciting like i would have sat down and watched some people square off against each other is there a board game presence there at all i think so because i kept on seeing there there was some because i use up all the meeting rooms now too so i think mm-hmm. there was like there was a, a board game one or something yeah maybe? there was something yeah. like that and I, and I think you could test some out but i okay. think it was like a ticketed event so I don't know what was involved there, but yeah, I think there were some games you could definitely learn. Not that it was big, but I think there's also yeah. some video game stuff like that too, where you could like sponsored by AMD or whatever. Yeah, I always like when there are those video board game sections, Phil. I just feel mm-hmm. like most games are so long. <laughs> like how are you? That's the problem. That's yeah. your whole yeah. day, you know. If you go but isn't that it. Dragon Con? You go there and you play like many different board games and you try it yeah. all, all this different like, stuff a lot of the games i play are usually go like three hours so yeah. yeah i don't know i guess you have a good dm or something maybe is exploding kitten a board game thing phil or is that a card game or because they yeah, always like, have a big booth thing that's like a like a yeah mass market card game yeah yeah but i also um went to the gym shooter Bill Morrison uh, panel one of the days there too. That's crazy. He's still. What does he do still? Jim Shooter. See the give interviews. Apparently. Well, this is what I was confused because I'm like, I don't know if I want to like if I would go up to him and say anything to him because I'm like, what do you say? He's like a legendary guy. Well, yeah, he birthed your favorite company, didn't he? (laughs) I mean, yes, I guess so. And he also cleaned up my favorite company. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but he Kevin had admits stuff... Defiant is his favorite company. Broadway, <laughs> yeah. come on, Broadway. <laughs> no, he's he's the Valiant guy, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. But he had like these, like I don't know if he was selling anything, but there was stuff there, and at, at one point it looked like he had original art, and I was like, is that art that he didn't give back to someone? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he had scrapbooks is the best way i could Mm -hmm. say what it was because it seemed like at one point it was like covers and like maybe replicas and then it it seemed like it was maybe articles or something and it was funny i I, you would walk by and you would catch a snippet of a conversation like well you know image went uh eventually went down in the 90s and i'm like that's factual you must be talking about like 1995 or something when the sales aren't hot anymore and I just wonder what the rest of the conversation was. But yeah, the the panel was pretty good. And then the host was like, well, I know you have a, a reputation or whatever. And then they got into this whole thing about Larry Hama, Larry Hama. And then the guy pronounced Futurama, Futurama. And it was it was this whole thing about how the the moderator couldn't pronounce names properly. How were you supposed to say Larry's name? I think it was Larry Hama. Hama. Oh, I don't know. I I mean, I've never that, met that, the man. 
That was the you bit because know. Jim Shooter's like, how would you know how to say his name? Well, I mean, he does conventions. I mean, lots of I know people that have sketches from him and stuff like that. I just never have gotten one. I would, I would totally get him yeah, to sign yeah. something or a sketch. I just, you know, you don't. I don't go to a million shows, so I only see who you see. I mean, it might have been at shows I was at, but when you're at San Diego or something, it's not like you can be like, yeah, I can go do everything every day. <laughs> like there's <laughs> limited opportunities. So yeah, he had some pretty entertaining stories about secret wars and because it was it was like editing so like like comparing bongo to like marvel it's like really small company to like a really big company and then he was talking about like i was editing 40 books and all this stuff and then he was talking about like he can convince the the president and marvel at the time to do anything as long as he could say how much money they could make off of it and then he said the president of marvel was like yeah so how many comics could can an artist uh, draw a, a day and then everyone laughed so i think that was as as entertaining as i expected it to be there was i was going past a place and i oh, oh maybe it was i don't know if it was cbcs where was i going but they brought up pgx now maybe some guy was talking about some graded books he had bought and he's and he's like yeah, but maybe it'll work out for you because they screw up on the grading, but maybe it'll screw up the other way. Like maybe they're saying it's an 8.0, but it's really a 9.8. So I was like, oh, this is good grading content that Andrew's going to love. Was I on mute? Hello, can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you yep. now. Were you on mute? I was, sorry. So then he puts himself on mute again. You know, we can say whatever we want about him now, Phil. It's true. You can say how he hates all those now. cons. <laughs> Like you were really limited before in saying <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we go under control at the beginning always. Yeah, but I, I, I picked up some uh, some good books. Like, you remember I was looking for, I know this isn't the show, but I got to bring it up. I was looking for mm. that first uh, Baron Zemo, but he premiered as the Phoenix. Could not no, find first... that book before. I think you mean the first, second Baron Zemo, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, he calls himself Baron Zemo. I mean, should I say Helmut Zemo? Not, yeah, there you go. So I was what looking issue everywhere. Is for, this? Like, I guess sometimes I don't check out certain booths because sometimes people have like one table or something and they just have like mega keys that are all slabbed and then they only have a few comic boxes in front of them. And I'm like, what are the odds that there's going to be something there, right? Or you expect those to be just mega raw books. But I guess it was just extra books. And then I went through there. I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. First Baron Zemo as the Phoenix. So I'm like, I had to upgrade that. And then it was, and then somewhere else, in a sort of similar scenario, I found like the the read-along, like Tower Records, Power Records type of uh, thing. But it was just the book. There was no record. Yeah. And it wasn't well, like the book was in mint. So I'm like, do I really need this? And now I'm like, no, I'm good. Maybe if the record would have been there. Do <laughs> you have a record player? Or... I don't. I got one still. Do I love record I... players. I gave mine up uh, about 15. I love the sound. Ago. But aren't the records I'm just, cool, I'm just lazy, know? Phil. It's a lot of yeah. work. You know, you got to clean the record and the needle and all yeah. that stuff. I have a very small collection, though. Like, I just, like, I got, like, the Hellraiser, like, a special one with a bunch of them. Like, I get a couple soundtrack ones and stuff, you know. The old picture discs. Those are fun. 
I remember when I first saw those, I was like, what? As a picture on the album? No, I get those oh, what do you things mean? where you put the... Oh, they're... they're um, the, instead of black or white or red yeah. or whatever color, they print like a picture on the album. So okay, it looks yeah. like like it's a picture of... Usually it's for Goofy, th- you know, like... Yeah, I don't think any of Darth Vader and C-3PO yeah. hanging out mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> for some kind of Star Wars thing or whatever. They're just... When I first saw them, I remember thinking, whoa, mm-hmm. this is kind of cool. But then you realize it's just a silly yeah. gimmick, but that's fine. And, and they release these days like some really cool like records, like collection sets for like soundtracks for movies and things. Like there's some oh, yeah. awesome ones you can get. Yeah. Sometimes video there's games. a big market for it. I just, yeah. I'm lazy. And also, I got out of having all the like, Amplifiers and speakers. And oh, all mine's that. very basic. I just have the record player. That's it. Because you move enough times, and you're like, I'm really tired of packing up all the wires and cables and mm-hmm. like, and amps and preamps well, and bass boosters and. Like mine's a suitcase you close, so it's like portable. Like it's you just plug it in and it's good to go. Oh, nice. I had one of those yeah. as a little kid, but it was mm-hmm. plastic, so I don't think. Mine's an right. adult one, Andrew. High quality. <laughs> Was it? Does it have a plastic arm? Is Ronald McDonald? I'm not answering <laughs> these questions. <laughs> but that's yeah. That's that's another category of different stuff at the con. Since records are more popular, there there was definitely some record vendors there, and then there was also those chocolate booth vendors, which. I don't know how that fits exactly, but some of the flavors are, it seems like more in like a nerdy direction, but it's still, okay, I guess you sell enough chocolate from, like how much chocolate do you have to sell though? I mean, I don't know. I guess they do all right. I don't think it's the first time I've no, seen, seen them. them. I, uh, lately, I feel like uh, pins have been pretty popular. And... Yeah. Or patches. There was a still... one booth giant wall of patches. But I also meant like if you walk through Artist Alley or whatever, a lot oh, of them yeah, seem that to too, do yeah. pins and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Then there was um yeah, there's some other like I noticed there was several clothing booths and you're thinking, Yeah, there's clothing like but I'm thinking not like like regular, like corporate companies, it seemed like clothing were they had like a, a little booth set up with like very specific um, like anime clothing or like, I don't know if you need a Komodo or like some Astro Boy leather jacket or something like that. Like, <laughs> like that was interesting. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you want too many of those on the con floor either. And some you even have stuff like can the weird Ryobi too. booth, but then it's like cosplay repair. So I'm like, okay, okay. I understand like some, where that's coming from. Some of that license stuff is pretty pricey with the, you know, like because it's a high end designer and yeah. they get a light and they got to pay everybody. I mean, it's worth it if you like it, but be careful, you know. They're not like in the old days. I always viewed that stuff as kind of, you know, like the cheap screen print T-shirt of whoever, you know, Spawn yeah. or whatever. But man, you can buy some like fancy, expensive sneakers licensed or things like that, you know. And then you have the booth with that has a giant CGC graded books on it, but it's not CGC. That that I had to double take on that. I'm like, that says CGC graded, and then it has like a different website on the bottom. Yeah, CBCS maybe Kevin. No, PGX. 
<laughs> I guess it's a facilitator in Canada. Like oh, I, that I, makes sense. I really, so originally, I thought handling. it was like um, one of those those um, toy uh, sub distributors, but I guess it's a CGC one. Because I guess if CGC doesn't show up anymore, I mean, like that's the next place to like fill that gap. Well, also, it makes sense if you're. I know comic shops down here do that, where they, you know, you pay them some amount and they ship in a bunch of orders under their like corporate yeah. account or whatever, which always made sense, you know, because the shipping is what, especially if you're not grading like a million books, like mm-hmm. you're paying the full freight for that one, your first appearance of Baron Zemo you're grading. Now, in that <laughs> case, it's worth it, but still you're eating it on the shipping and handling. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I tell you about some like liquid card grading company or something like there was nothing like that this year, but that other one was still there. So I'm kind of I don't know. This this seems to be a lot of that too going around where it's like, oh, we'll grade your stuff. Oh, everything's getting graded now. Everything. Yeah. Video games huge and do it now. Like I know, grade everything you have. Grade this piece of bread or something. I don't know. <laughs> what I like, Phil, for the video games is people will grade entire systems. So <laughs> well, I haven't seen like that. PlayStation <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Wow. Grade an entire <laughs> system in box. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of them are in box. Yeah. You're not gonna play I mean, that Virtual Boy. I mean, I've been, I've flirted with if I can find like a cheap one for a couple bucks, just as a novelty, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like that market hasn't, but they have graded VHS tapes, uh, graded, obviously toys, cards. Com- I feel like mm-hmm. comics it really took off in a way that it didn't as much in some of those other collectibles. Yeah. What do I? What do I feel like? What was it like? Whatnot or something? And I thought it was different. Like, like their top thing that they do on there wasn't comics. Like like something else took off. I don't know. I I've never used it. I'll be honest yeah. with you. But I could totally see like magic cards or whatever. That I know those are popular. Or Pokemon cards or any mm-hmm. of the any of the game stuff could be hot too. Or well, I know the company's having trouble, but Funko was hot. I mean, they're still selling, but yeah, I, I, feel I, I think I know the company's having trouble. I think like everyone, like they they're like. They thought the demand would never end, but it's because people were at home, and then, you know, now they had an extra landfill of uh, of Funkos. Yeah, I still see that wall of uh, permanently clearanced Funkos that I I feel like buying at some point um, in some of the stores. Oh, is Funko finally dead? No, I I think it's no, but they've dipped a little. Yeah, I I think it it like I I. It's been around for so long that I thought it had stabilized because I was just like, that's not a fad if you're like 10 years or whatever. But I think the pandemic finally put their um, expectations. Uh... Yeah. I kind of got tired of looking at like seeing them. Well, I think <laughs> there's too many. The thing with those t- sorts of businesses is you need to grow the customer base at some point because... Mm-hmm. You know, except for the super mega collectors, most people will get burned out. Yeah. Or they'll have too as many, many yeah. as you want. Like, in, 
you know, now that they've done so many properties, what's left? So yeah. the key is getting new people, but because of their model of not redoing the exact same one, it makes it hard. I know they do reissues, but I think there's always a change. So yeah, it's hard because I mean, I'm sure if they could come back and release all the Marvel superheroes, starting with Cap and the basics and DC and all that with new customers, they'd sell a ton. But yeah, it, I feel like they've done that with certain things. Like the original thing is just standing there. And then later on, the thing is like holding a fist up in the air or something. Like it's not the exact same thing, but yeah, but I think it still hurts there because a lot of businesses, when you get a next wave of customers, you're like, Oh, Let's grab out a new Batman or Spawn or whatever, and then get all the new fans in it. And I don't know. The new fans, but even if it went away, making Batman, it's not going to go away tomorrow. And even if it did, that's it was a hugely successful. I mean, I remember I was at a car dealership, and they had a bunch of Funko Pops in the little store. Like it was everywhere. Like Seven Eleven, they're a convenience store. But it's just weird to see these things everywhere you're like that's yeah. a they, they made it somehow i think they look dumb like, <laughs> i remember I definitely seeing some some hate from people and i, I was like, just like so no one remembers mighty mugs <laughs> that's what wait. my reaction was why well, that caught on more than like all the other th- precursors to that didn't catch on this in the same way so we got I a few. But they have more than just the pops now so you know. Yeah, we have a few, but I also found they're kind of fun. Like they're fun when you first see them, and you, you get that wave of nostalgia or whatever. But you quickly realize, at least I did, that unless you're gonna go all in, like it kind of they are what they are. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I need any more. Like I got a few, and it was kind of fun. You know, you see these weird like I have a Taskmaster one, and you're like, this is a totally random. But now that they make everything in every form it's not that random anymore like did they make you know i can buy an action figure of the taskmaster or whatever i don't think they ever gave us the thunderbolts or the new warriors for in funko pop form i don't know i don't i i there are so many of them i might i wouldn't be surprised either way they're (laughs) like oh yeah here like they might not have done it as the full line so maybe they're missing atlas or something but no one the other that, thing I wonder is that once you have a certain number of them, the similarities must outweigh the differences, you know? Like, it's pretty clever using pretty much the one same body. I mean, they have giant ones and stuff, like you were saying, Kev, but they really get a lot of variety out of that little form they found. That's why I feel like the, like the superheroes and all the stuff like that was ideal, but once they got to, like, the hockey players and it's like, it's another white hockey player. It's like, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, once you... I would thought a little bit kind of like with graded comics, too. Like, once you burn through all the old comics, you need to find either new customers or people who want to have every comic graded. Yeah. And that's got to be pretty limited. Well, So I think seems... they're in trouble now. Trying it... to. That's why they do the new labels and stuff, because, well, you can convince them to pay you a little bit of money and you put it in a new case with a new label. Well, I was thinking of all the signings. They seem to have all these mass signings where you mail in your books now. Like, oh, Todd McFarlane's doing a signing. Oh, yeah. I was on the mailing list for a while, and it, it felt like every weekend was a handful of big names. And and also the ones that I liked were where it would be the actor from the movie. 
yeah. with signing a comic book of their character type of thing. I got some other weird oddities that I don't think I've ever seen there. Like, <laughs> this is funny, too, because Frank Miller does an introduction to this. Because he was there, but I, I never saw him from the distance or something. I mean, I know they had these expensive, like, experiences with Frank Miller and everything, but... <laughs> Makes it sound like you're going to go and get in a fist fight or something. <laughs> Pay pay X amount of dollars to go three rounds in a boxing exactly. match with Frank Miller. I mean, they had they had these different panels for for all these different things, but yeah, it's just like I don't know. I think they kept his stuff limited, and and then like they had stuff at his table, but he wasn't necessarily there. Because I I kind of wondered if his lineup would have like rivaled Jim Lee's because I remember Jim Lee's lineup there before like going all the way like around the building type of thing and I remember McFarland's area being quite quite crazy too so that is know. a good because I think Lee is probably more popular but Miller's yeah. harder to get is would be my gut reaction to it mm-hmm. so I found the actual first issue of Lone Wolf and Cub that first publishing put out that had an oh, intro nice. by Frank yeah. Miller. I like those a lot. Yeah. Time. So I just thought, oh, like, I know I have the first volume, but I'm like, I can't pass up like. No, I'll, I pick those up sometimes too. Yeah, and I have the the uh, little volumes too, but. It's sort of like in that same category of like you see Miracle Man issues or like the first issue yeah. of Bone or something. Uh, Miracle Man, I'd pass. <laughs> uh, I, I found more bad idea. Uh, oh, I should say. That I actually got this bad idea thing is, you know, when it gets too busy on Saturday, like it chokingly busy, then I always head to the Beguiling. So I actually went to the basement that was just full of comics. I had never been in their basement before. And I was just like, there's just too many comics here. So I actually got the Tankers series I didn't have. I have to cover one of these for the show. And uh, Andrew, do you have, I bet you he doesn't have this. The X Men twenty ninety nine Oasis. I don't know. I was collecting a bunch of. Is that a, is that an original one or a, like one of these recent? Because I know they've been releasing twenty ninety nine books these last few years. I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the last book. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, it is. Yeah, because it's it ha- it has the. Um... Yes, I do. I have the X Men twenty ninety nine one through thirty five special and Oasis. Wow, look at that! Look at you! You've you've already beat me. So yeah, I, I was like, it, it has like that that um, you know how the cards look like at that point. It has that kind of illustrated style on it. So I was like, that's cool. I think that was actually the only one I bought from that one booth. And then also when I was at the Big Island, I picked up the next issue of West. And then I'm, I just happened to see one of those weird air cell um, samurai comics. And it was like the first issue. And I'm like, I gotta just pick that up because it was super cheap. I mean, maybe it's supposed to be super cheap, but, you know, for two bucks, I'm like, I gotta try this out. Some miscellaneous samurai comic. I assume we'll be hearing some of this on future Indie Comic Book Noise episodes. I'd imagine, yeah. So yeah, it was a super fun time. Got to go through a lot of bins. Got to get some art. 
Yeah, the covers. Wow, that's always. I I never would have thought I would have got had the opportunity to not just get one but get two, because I'm like stuff is usually out of my price range. So I mean, that that was that was pretty wild. Like I had other plans to get other stuff, and I was like, oh, maybe I can get a sketch there or do this there. But then something always happens, right? Like it's good to have a plan and a schedule because there's so much to see and so much to do. But stuff always presents itself, and then you're like, I remember an opportunity before where I didn't buy some like double page spread that was cheap, and then you see someone from the board or whatever, hey, I bought it at like at a different con, and you're like, that was a good piece. Yeah, and art, it's nice, you know, that's it, that's the one, you got it. I know, Valiant. Yeah, and of course I had to talk up some Valiant while there, talk up some Thunderbolts. You know, hope someone buys up Valiant and puts out some. Uh, <laughs> more than one book uh, every month for a few years and, and and hopefully it won't be like alien comics or whatever they're supposed to be doing i don't even know like there's just some bad stuff going on there with creators not getting paid or whatever at valiant yeah <gasps> i told you kevin i predicted this you didn't so believe you, me so you like the shooter panel were there other panels you were into or I was kind of like I used to always go to a sketch duel, but they were either at a different time or I wasn't super excited. I see. I usually went with someone else to these sketch duels, too. And this year, like it seemed like no one I knew was like showing up. So I, I couldn't goof off at the con with them. So, I mean, I never happened to manage to get to another one. And I also like when dc and marvel were were there there they'd be like oh let's do a news panel type of then the dc ones funny enough were always the better ones but they're not gonna oh, really love DC i mean one. even yeah. though it's a huge con they don't really break news like maybe they'll say oh there's a new alpha flight one shot but i can well, just read that online so I from what to... i remember they just show you like the next month's previews basically <laughs> from what i remember and and that's exciting to read online but when you're in person, I'm like, I want a more of an experience, or I want to hear from someone that I might not get a chance to ever hear from again in person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember they had Don Rosa at a con before, and I wanted to hear him. And I remember doing a doing an episode, maybe this can go in the show notes, where we just talked about that panel for like 45 minutes because it's just it's just great to hear about different legendary guys talk about industry and stuff like that yeah no uh panels can be fun if you get the right the right host on it or guest or people it's good to get those inside takes from it you know i mean if there wasn't a strike and i and it, i didn't feel weird about the panel like i didn't know if the panel was going to be great but there was a panel with um Daredevil and Kingpin, the actors from from the TV series, like they were supposed to be in the panel, but I didn't know how that panel was going to go. Now, well, I mean, th- that show is it, it's not it's still going, right? So they could probably talk about it if it's a show yeah, that's over. I don't know. I See, don't. I know. don't know if they've even filmed any, or if they even started filming. Oh, it's for an up. I thought it was talking about the old Netflix show. I no, know was... well, I think it sort of is. It's supposed to be called Born Again. Whether whether it'll be Born Again is a uh, another thing, but it's supposed to be for uh, Disney Plus. I think it was like eighteen episodes or 
something. Okay. So I don't know Ooh. how much has actually been done with that. Like that might have been interesting, but I don't know how much they can say, right? Or or they were just goofing around. Maybe they were just playing games on stage and it was hilarious. I don't know. So I don't know. I might I might have in a different year I might have went to see that just because I usually don't go to the Hollywood panel stuff, but that might have been really interesting. Yeah, like it's all about the person. Like, do they got funny stories and they can tell it, and are they good with the crowd yeah. type of thing? Yeah, like, that's. I used to be... like uh, Dan to deal for that. That's right. Because I saw some weird yeah. panels that I didn't. There was one about like lettering and coloring, and they had a huge. They got into a big debate about school versus just going and learning, and the it was super interesting. And like, I never would have thought it didn't have anything to do really about the time the uh, topic but it was just with what's better and they had some strong views on it like opposing and it just came out organically in the conversation i mean that's what you sometimes get out of the sketch duels if you have some people that are personalities yeah you want to see they're having fun yeah but the thing is that sometimes you ask the audience for suggestions for what they should draw some of the most boring thing like draw batman and i'm always like no please don't (laughs) So you always have someone like, draw MODOK. And I'm like, yes, please do something different. Do something exciting. Don't just draw Spider-Man or Batman. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like, I think, sounds like that was a fun show, Kevin. I think, is now a good time? Uh We might just make this a con man episode. You've got to give at least one comic to the listeners. Well, make it quick. You make it quick. I'm calling well, I'll you make out, it quick Andrew. Stop recording. That's how I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah, he already <laughs> told you we're done, buddy. He's the boss. I am. I run this show with iron. You know my. I like to keep these episodes tight. You know, we're he not one of them. paychecks, Kevin. We're not one of these guys podcasts where they just ramble on for three, four hours. You you listen to those guys on Marvel Noise. Yeah, I was those guys that. are the worst. They ramble forever. Yeah, Don't... I mean, on Marvel, yeah, we do go on and on sometimes, but Indy. We're a efficient, small operation. And we thank everyone for tuning in to our exciting con coverage. We'll be back with our for regular 20, collection. Uh, yep, for you a point five. You already episode. stopped recording. Kickstarter. Are you lying to us now, Andrew? Who not, no, I said I would. I didn't. I have not. <laughs> He's working but, on it. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Uh, Kevin, are you doing catchphrases this year? Uh, noise out. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>